This is it, episode number 194, No Laugh Track Podcasts. Uh, yes, my name is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, who I believe have a new album out now. Is that right, Eric? Y- yeah, people should go check that out. Circle of Heat, Trevor Anderson, local comic, been on the show. Funny guy, talented, uh, great music. Check them out. Circle of Heat. We are here on a Tuesday, a week after not doing any shows. I'm doing... Uh, doing one on a Tuesday this week, and it's a special day because Shane Moss is here doing one show and one show only. Yeah. So uh, now's your chance. If you didn't, if you're good, I don't know when you're listening to this, you might have a chance to catch the show, or maybe you, you're screwed already and you missed it, <laughs> so you're going to have to travel to uh, Oregon to see the next one. Yeah. Right, right, Shane? Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm heading tomorrow, Yeah. Oregon. Here yeah. we are on a Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Tuesday, yeah, I had my brother's wedding in Milwaukee last Saturday, and and so I uh, got a hold of Acme. They happened to have the date open, and so I asked him if I could try out my fun, uh, my fun little show I've been doing. Yeah, I were you? Um, were you, first of all, I have a question about the uh, wedding. Were you? Uh, did you have a date at the wedding? No, I did not. Um, I'm I'm in kind of a uh long distance thing right now and um at the time we're we're a little more serious now than oh. we were at the at at the time that I would have made those kind of arrangements <laughs> so see. so she wasn't there I was flying solo which is uh which I enjoyed that's fun yeah I, I otherwise it's it's a lot of introductions and all that stuff, and then, that's true. And then it's also awkward with like a, a new relationship because you know I was in the wedding, so then okay, so then it's like, well, is this person in the pictures and stuff? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? This one's just family. Uh, yeah, close. yeah. Uh, I've had that before. I've had that with exes where uh, where I was in a. My last relationship, I think, was was four or five year weddings long, ago, and uh, well, four or five years long was the relationship. But I remember there was like a holiday um, party, and they were taking a bunch of holiday pictures and stuff. And my aunt, like specifically, told my girlfriend at the time Uh-oh. to be like, "Hey, can we get some without you?" No! <laughs> <laughs> but uh is that your favorite she, aunt or least favorite <laughs> uh well I, I, i'm somewhere in the middle okay, yeah. she she knew something that i didn't at the time <laughs> so that was I, good <laughs> I, lo- I love that yeah uh what would be bad if uh is if the girl was like so do you want me in this one with with grandpa and grandma right <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> And that's just, yeah. There's a lot of there's because I'm I don't ever plan on getting married or anything. And with my career, relationships at least in the past, I've I've had nothing but like a series of long term relationships, but they never end up yeah. working out eventually. And so yeah, there's a lot of old family photos with there's just a, a variety of exes <laughs> in old family photos. So then. Then people have to go in and Photoshop. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a bad year. Let's just delete that. One. Yeah, uh, I have to tell you, Shane. Super, you're, we always do good shows here, in my humble opinion, um, podcast wise. But uh, very excited doing research on what you're talking about tonight on the show. Uh, this I have so many. I have a billion questions for you. Good. So this is I'm. Uh, first of all, so let's say that it's the the tour you're doing right now. You call it is a good trip. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's and about I, psychedelics. And I know that you had to change the name. Yeah, I did. I used to call it "This Is Your Shane on Drugs," which is an awesome title. It, it, perfect. Yeah. Perfect title. I thought at the time. Yeah. And then uh, eventually, people people were like not eventually right away people people were like so are you gonna be on drugs which is like such a bad i it's just such a waste of drugs to do drugs and then go to work <laughs> um like I, I actually did one time not not doing this show but i took acid once and did a couple of regular shows yeah and uh man i did not enjoy that one bit if the shows went fine but the whole time I was like, man, I'd rather be outside just right. enjoying nature and stuff. And now I'm just up here doing this 
silly shtick of mine. And do you know they went well because the you felt they went well, or did you actually listen or watch back? Oh yeah, no, I, I don't I don't listen or watch back <laughs> hard, hardly ever. Yeah. I I I can't stand hearing my own voice, so <laughs> I listen to it as little as possible. Gotcha. Um, no, it was just actually. The first show went well, and then the second show, it was a really small crowd, and there were some definitely some awkward moments, and I was losing my place a little bit here and there. Um, it was mostly because I was like, I was on stage, and I was just like, what are you? Like, <laughs> I, I just felt like this like comedy puppet, like just having wow. to do this do this routine. I felt like I was just trapped in this comedian body like because because mentally i was in this kind of different place Mm -hmm. and felt like very connected with the universe and whatnot (laughs) i'm like i'm doing these stupid dick jokes to these people and so it was uh it it kind of uh messed with me a little bit but i i did it because i was doing this show on tour and i wanted to see I just wanted to see what it would be like oh, to okay. be tripping on stage. And um, no, can't say I recommend it. <laughs> Has anyone ever uh, tried to argue to you otherwise? Well, yeah, people think it would be just the best idea. Like, I don't know why it would make it better for an audience member if I was tripping. Because, one, you probably wouldn't know um, yeah. anyway, unless I just announced it. It wouldn't make my jokes... An- I wouldn't think unless I ended up jumping down some like rabbit hole or say, if anything, I'd probably just start giving some lecture about how everything's a lie. And then (laughs) uh, if I were to ad lib something, which I probably would be too scared to deviate from, you know, my, my standard material. How much material do you have on everything's a lie right now? Um, well, that's, uh, that's a matter of perspective, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, the, there's a big uh, there's quite a bit of yeah, that in, in this current act that <laughs> uh-huh. i'm doing for sure and and i mean i have a podcast where i interview scientists about life and i a lot of psychology and neuroscience does uh does lead you to believe that most of what we perceive as reality is is imperfect at best and usually quite biased in in many ways people people tend to overestimate their intelligence and their attractiveness and there's a lot of i'm very into self-deception um i try to read a a fair amount about it and there's just been uh uh, incredible amount of studies about about how much people basically lie to themselves um so for example one of my favorite ones is is they'll take a They'll take a picture of you and, and attractiveness is, facial attractiveness is, is very, very much based on symmetry. Mm -hmm. And so essentially the more symmetrical your face is, the more attractive it is. And evolutionarily, the reason why that is, is because it's a, that advertises your, your fitness and how good your genes are because it's very difficult to make something completely symmetrical. And so it's, it's Makes not, sense. it's not that beauty is something that's like, um, this, this, uh, higher thing. It, it, beauty is actually, um, average. So if you were to, if you were to morph like a hundred guys faces together, of varying levels of attractiveness and and just morph them all together and they've done this you what you'd have is just a, a very good looking man right. or or a woman because beauty is more of an about absence of flaws than it is about some other kind of quality at least as far as it comes to faces so anyway so they so they'll take your face and then they'll morph it and they'll make it more symmetrical and less symmetrical to like degrees of you know ten percent or whatever, and and so they'll have five that are increasingly more attractive, five that are increasingly less attractive, uh-huh. and you know they'll give you a wonky face or whatever. The worst one, you're looking real wonky. Well, then they'll mix them all up and they'll flash them on a screen and be like, "Which face is yours?" And people will um, overwhelmingly pick the face 
that is about 20% more attractive, more attractive. than their actual yeah. face. And, wow. and this is just because confidence has been a, a really big part of our evolutionary history. It, it helps to think a little more of yourself. Than, and this is how they diagnose depression, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, so if you pick the less attractive one, you're probably a depressed person. <laughs> um, so... So that and that's just a slight bias too, and and so so there's all these different cognitive biases yeah. that that we've uh, evolved, and so it really is pretty difficult to get a handle on what reality is exactly, um, and and then and then you can go real deep with it and get into like physics or whatever, yeah. and how all of I mean ninety nine. Point nine percent of matter is empty space, and and the reason why it seems solid to us is just because this is our perception of it. And, yeah, and uh, it's it's what makes the most. We have electrons in our hands that are actually repelling off of this table that I'm touching right now. So my my hand isn't actually physically touching this table. The electrons are repelling off the electrons in the table. That's but, deep, man. Yeah, I know. So the, <laughs> but the closest estimation to my my brain is that I'm touching a yeah, table yeah. And, and 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 that's that's kind of a sillier thing because it does that helps you not yeah. walk into walls and and, and that sort of thing. You, so not you don't everyone. you don't have to go that deep with it, but but definitely there's all sorts of these various biases. Yeah. And, how uh, how many of these shows have you done so far? Well, I started doing this in August. Um, I mean, a, lo- a lot of this material is stuff that um, I. I would sometimes do in my regular act. I would I'd do like five minutes here, ten minutes there, maybe if it was like a real cool crowd or you know, Acme is a nice place with a pretty intelligent audience typically, and and you know, one of my favorite places, and I feel very comfortable here. Yeah, maybe in a regular act, Acme cl- crowd in a headlining set, maybe I'd throw out ten minutes of material. On psychedelics, after that, you're just going to start losing a lot of people, which is understandable. A lot of people haven't done psychedelics, yeah. Um, so there's it just sounds weird. There's no way to really identify, it, and, it, and it's a tough thing to explain in general. I liked reading the uh, what would it be a disclaimer on the advertisement for the show tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you don't need to be on drugs. Um, <laughs> Shane will not be on drugs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're thinking this is going to be about heroin, you're going to. What did it say? You're going to leave feeling worse about yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was like, if you're coming to this show because because you're a fan of like heroin or meth or whatever idiotic <laughs> stuff, you're probably just going to feel worse about yourself than you already do. And, and that's part of the trouble. That's why I. Cha- that's another reason why I changed the name from "This Is Your Shane on Drugs" to "A Good Trip" because. People thought drugs. They they just thought I was going to be talking about every drug and that I was going to be glamorizing everything. Sure. And psychedelics are a completely different thing. I mean, a lot of people call them plant medicine. Um, I think that's a that's a that's a little new agey for my taste. Hmm, okay, but um, but there's some merit to it as well. I mean, in in the right circumstances, psychedelics have been used as therapeutic tools. And, yeah. Now, it's interesting that you say it's a little too new agey for you because your lifestyle, I mean, you're doing a lot of new agey stuff, yeah, right? I, I mean, mean, I I like to think my stuff is, is um, I mean, I'm... I would like to think of myself as open-minded. Again, this is this has to do with one of these biases that we already talked about. Much like everyone thinks they're a better driver or more intelligent than ever, you, know, you like to think you're more open-minded than your yeah, okay. peers as well. And, uh-huh. and uh, I, so I like to think that about myself. Um, Here's what I listened to today. I listened to your the most recent episode of your podcast that's been posted on float tanks. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. new agey. Yeah, that is some new agey <laughs> shit. Yeah. So usually I have academics on, um, but a guy offered me a free float in his float tank for uh, for doing the podcast, and I was interested. I'm I am I'm big into meditation, but meditation is pretty well proven. But it doesn't work for everybody. But um, the the research backs it up. You, you'd have a hard time finding a neuroscientist uh, that that would say that meditation isn't good for yeah, you yeah. um 
so yeah, it is it is definitely some some new agey stuff. Um and, and I have an episode coming out soon that uh next week or or yeah. You brewed your own potpourri next week or two weeks <laughs> from now, which is, which is about um, which is all about um, being vegan and what, which I'm not a vegan, okay. but I just wanted to have someone on who and he has this farm sanctuary and saves animals. Oh and wow, all this stuff. But but I I definitely look at life. I'm a very skeptical person, and so I. It's fun to be proven wrong, maybe. Yeah, it's a fun to be proven wrong, and I and I look at, um, I mean, I think that some of the new agey ideas about psychedelics are um, uh, a little silly, and I don't. I mean, I don't think that. Uh, I mean, not that I haven't had kind of spiritual ish experiences on psychedelics, but I don't really believe that I'm connecting with some uh, the universe or the divine or or whatever i mean i might say terms like that but um but i believe it's just your non-conscious brain and i i think all of this stuff is kind of founded in neuroscience well there are definitely people that do say the opposite of that though with the spirituality and yeah I talk to, you know i talk to jesus yeah i mean i get it i've i've done a lot of dmt which is the world's most powerful hallucinogen and i've seen all sorts of spirits and god-like seeming things but i also just believe that's uh what the inner workings of our minds look like on a certain level okay how about like the uh evil ones too not just the uh the jesus figures or other spirits but like ones that are yeah have yeah. horns oh yeah I, I think i think so i mean i've i've seen what looked like hell yeah. and stuff before on on uh on psychedelics and on bad trips and uh again i i don't uh i don't believe in heaven or hell personally um dmt in particular has made me more open to the idea of an afterlife than i ever had been really um but i'm i'm not terribly convinced uh, of that still i'm i'm pretty sure it's just uh, uh these these ideas are coming from the inner workings of our minds yeah. it just when you see it it's so jarring and it's so different than our regular perception that it does seem very significant i was doing uh in my uh vast research talking to you today no i uh this one really excited me to talk to you about this is like a brand a brand new news story. I just put an LSD news search on Google. Mm-hmm. Researchers are using LSD to help in the fight against depression. Yeah, I mean, so basically, LSD, the origins of LSD were used for therapy um, initially. It's just then they, uh, Timothy Leary kind of blew that and popularized it for everyone else, but kind of ruined it for the academic community. Um, but, uh, so, so the idea is, is that these things are, or at least can be used for a meditative or therapeutic aid. So if you, if you meditate, um, and and you're, uh, and you're say an angry person or whatever, you'll often get angry during meditation. If, if you have low self-esteem and you meditate, you're like, ah, I suck at meditating and so it just kind of brings your non-conscious to the surface a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, and the therapists tend to do this thing called marked mirroring where, where they kind of exaggerate your behavior to reflect it back at you so you can see sort of how you're behaving. And I do that to my kids. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big baby. I only want his candy. I hate your dinner. I just want candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what you sound like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so... I'm making you a better person. <laughs> yeah. You may not be a trained professional in this technique, but uh, oh. neither am I. <laughs> but uh, the idea is, is that psychedelics can be harnessed to kind of bring about these same sort of things. And and I found that to be true in my own experiences. Like the, fir- the first sentence of this thing, it says, Psychology researchers have found a link between mental time travel and depression. Mental time travel refers to our ability to ruminate on events from our past and imagine future experiences. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is that we try to bury things, and it's very hard to. I, as someone who 
Um, I mean, depression's my jam. That's that's what I get into. Uh, I I don't have anxiety. I don't get lonely. I I, I you know I I'm not OCD or I don't have any of those various mm-hmm. uh, psychological and mental health ailments that so many people have to cope with. But the, uh, depression is uh-huh. is one that grabs me a lot, and it is. It's uh like you ruminate on stuff from. 20 years ago i just ideas that pop into your head and you're like oh fuck what the fuck why Uh was i so stupid yeah and and then and you try to ignore it and push it away this is another thing that you know you learn from meditation to not try to like push it away just kind of let it let those feelings happen and and you don't give them too much power and they kind of dissipate eventually um and and definitely i think i think psychedelics have have done a lot uh, to help my own depression. Really? And I, I think that because I've had memories while well, on psychedelics of, of where, whereas normally I'd have that same, you know, where I might have that rumination be like, why was I so stupid back that when I did that thing in middle school or what, I, you uh-huh. know, whatever the hell, why, that thing that shouldn't be bothering me, yeah. that insignificant thing um, that I don't even understand why it's popping into my head. But when those things happen when I'm on psychedelics, usually I look at them and I kind of laugh them off a lot easier. And I, I kind of, it's like, oh, Shane, you're just a silly monkey you know, <laughs> trying to do the best he can to get by in That's life. That's right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> don't beat yourself up over that silly bullshit. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I think that is, um, and, and I think it's also important to say that this just simply isn't going to work for everybody. Psychedelics aren't going to work for everybody. Uh, therapy isn't going to work for everybody. Meditation's not going to work for everybody. Uh, they, it's pretty well studied that, um, that one of the things that helps rumination is just journaling a lot. Mm-hmm. When, when you start ruminating, just journaling about it. And it's sort of the same principle. It tends to take the power out of it. Yeah. And, but that it just doesn't work for everybody. Some people it's incredibly successful. And so, you know, yeah. you just got to find the things that work for you. I have, uh, some questions about like, uh, like, let's say we're talking like psychedelics, like LSD mushrooms and then DMT. Those yeah. Things. Those are, those are my main, I, I like, uh, I like MDMA a little bit as well. That's a little, uh, like ecstasy, you know, but, but that's, um, uh, that usually has like a speedier side to it. And, um, I don't like that aspect as much. Also, MDMA makes me feel too good, and I don't I don't trust anything that makes me feel good. That's uh, if it makes me feel good, I'm like, eh, that's probably dangerous. Really? Uh, yeah, that's it's uh well, it's definitely a good approach to drugs. Yeah, anyway, yeah. In general, if but, you can stay uh, not crossing that line. Yeah, I mean, think I mean, um casual sex feels amazing and is one of the more dangerous things you can get yourself Mm -hmm. into and and most things that feel really really good i just it usually uh you should be a little skeptical of sure i mean it goes the other way too we shouldn't we shouldn't ruminate over a bunch of bullshit (laughs) and feel awful about things either right but uh psychedelics don't typically don't make me feel like um ecstasy or or you, you know like a euphoric i mean there'll be waves of that yeah. but then there'll be waves of depression and everything else i've been working with uh in the last year about working with some younger guys like that are in their 20s uh i had no idea i i had no idea it made me feel really old cuz i had no idea how much guys are still buying mushrooms and acid and you know I hadn't heard. I didn't even really hear people talking about it that like for years. I'm a dad now, like you yeah, know, in my yeah. second marriage. Like that's not. I wasn't in that world anymore. You yeah. know. And then I'm all of a sudden I'm working with these guys. Like, oh yeah, hey, blah blah blah, stopping over with. You. I got four. I got four extra if you want to join us. Like comedians. No, or? no, no. These huh. are you know like laborers, guys. I was working with. Well. I was surprised. I was surprised it was still around. It seems like, you know, like Joe Rogan and, and some of these other people have, have started to kind of popularize it again. And even within academia, it's starting to be tested a little more. It's almost impossible to skirt around the laws because scientists pretty much can't study psychedelics in this country. 
Um, but they're doing it a lot more in other countries. And there are some studies being done in the U.S., but it's the hoops that they have to jump through to be able. It's usually just easier to go overseas if that's what you're interested in. Like studying. this, like DMT. I mean, I know very little about that. Yeah. Let's say I leave here today. I'm like, my God, I'm going to I want to find some of this stuff. Where do people? I mean, what's a vague description of where somebody finds something like that? DMT is crazy, first off. Um, And it's different than mushrooms and LSD. DMT, for the listeners, is like a a 10-minute long trip. And you literally, like, it's like an out-of-body experience in a way. Um, It's over in 10 minutes? Yeah. Well, sometimes the the first time I've seen people last like 15 or 20 minutes maybe. But usually 10 minutes for me, because I do it a little more. Um, it's more like five minutes is like the meat of it. And then I'm like, man, I'm kind of done with this now. Um, and and uh, may, maybe some residual effects for another 10 minutes after that. But I'm I, I'm back. Uh-huh. And uh, because you it, it seems like you go to a different world and different dimension. This is why people call the spirit molecule because it it appears as if you're going to a whole different um, world that is unlike anything. And that physically, you've ever seen. it like takes you to the ground, just about right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, from the outside, if you were to watch me smoke DMT, it would just look like I was meditating or something. Okay, but um, I mean, I often end up having to like remind myself that I'm a human and like sitting in a chair. I mean, you literally go somewhere else and it, it, <laughs> and it, and it does seem like an afterlife kind of thing. And uh-huh. it does seem like you're talking with these beings. I believe it's just your non-conscious, uh-huh. but that's definitely what it, the perception of it uh, looks like. So getting that stuff is, it's very underground and it's still pretty new. A lot of people haven't heard of it. It's very, very difficult to find. I imagine. Uh, it's not as difficult if you're a comedian who <laughs> goes around doing shows well, about psychedelics. Let's, well, I've come on. Let's be honest. Myself. You have the easiest access to probably <laughs> anything right now, right? Yeah, yeah this is true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was going to yeah, I was gonna ask you that later on. But much like I'm sure when Doug Benson does a show, you know, he doesn't need to bring pot on the road. Yeah, There's right. a hundred guys showing up on to get him stoned. Yeah, I mean, usually I... I end up, I mean, I imagine tonight I'll be offered a fair amount of different things, um, depending probably, probably, I mean, mushrooms are, are hard because they're not always in season. Um, but outside of that, I, I would say DMT and LSD because of their manufactured kind of, um, I mean, DMT comes from, uh, a bark originally but it's extracted from that and it's not a seasonal thing uh i imagine i'll probably get offered um lsd maybe mushrooms and and maybe dmt tonight as well and uh so yeah so the dmt i'll hold on to but some of the other the other stuff i'll i'll often just be like yeah i uh i'll I'll just like give it to a friend or something like that um i mean sometimes i'll take it but it's i mean there's a a dmt is a thing where it's it lasts for 10 minutes so it's like meh you know yeah not, not a big deal um i mean it's jarring and sometimes troubling but uh and sometimes like psychologically you're like what the fuck was that afterwards but it's not like mushrooms or acid where that's mushrooms is a four to six hour yeah. endeavor pretty easily and acids like six to 12 hours depending on how much you take yeah. and how strong it is and so that's a commitment <laughs> so so whatever i'm given tonight i'm flying out tomorrow i i won't be doing any mushrooms or acid tonight that's for sure have you ever been on uh any of those drugs on an airplane um that's a good question. Oh, have I? I think I was on a little bit of mushrooms one time and a little bit of acid one other time, but like a very small dose, and it was kind of wearing off by okay. the time I was. Your pupils dilate so much, and then it's tough to predict. I'm a pretty cool cat when it comes to dealing with the authorities. I I have a lot of experience of dealing with the police in my life. Um, uh-huh. And so so I don't get too nervous. But when you're on something like that, 
uh, yeah, it's hard to predict how you're going to react to those situations. So yeah. if someone pull you, if someone were to pull you out of a TSA line, I I can't predict how <laughs> nervous I that, like say I had drugs in my bag and I was sober, and I went through a TSA line and they pulled me out. I wouldn't really be too worried about it. Yeah. Um, but if I was tripping and even if I didn't have anything on me and yeah. they pulled me out, <laughs> I. I I, it'd be unpredictable. <laughs> Dude, no, man, you guys, I do have something, even though there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, digging yeah, through yeah. your own bag. Yeah, Just take yeah. take the whole bag. Yeah. It's in there. It is in there. <laughs> wow. 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 Um, I, have a, I actually want to go back to that floating thing just for a second. Yeah, yeah. Because I... Uh, it, it's like meditation on steroids, which yeah. is like the silliest <laughs> sounding ironic thing yeah. ever because meditation's the opposite of like anything tough or, you know, whatever. But I think I, I, of, of, uh, of a lot of the things that you're talking about, I, that sort of interests me. Like, I think I want to try that. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say that I would say to set the bar pretty low for it because it really, I mean, I don't think you're going to hallucinate or anything. Maybe like a couple little flashes of light or something like that. Maybe. And, but, uh, it, I don't know. It, it's tough to, so, uh, so it's sensory deprivation. And, uh, so this is, uh, so, so like blind people that used to have sight. Um, and were blinded later on in life or lost their vision to glaucoma or whatever it might be, they often, it's called Charles Bonnet syndrome, they often hallucinate. And the oh. reason being is because the visual system will atrophy if it isn't fired up once in a while. Wow, yeah. And so it'd be like, you know, leaving your car to sit in storage for years. You'd want to you'd wanna fire up the engine once in a while and <laughs> yeah. keep the juices flowing uh-huh. through. So that's the same sort of logic that, uh, you know, that you don't you don't want all of this... Uh, you don't want this huge visual system in in your brain, which is something like sixty percent of the brain, or something like that, is dedicated to the visual system. You don't want all of those, all of those neurons um, atrophying and and dying off. Um, and so, so it fires those up once in a while in the absence of sim, of stimulation, and that's. That's on a very small level. That's kind of what the sensory deprivation can do. But I think for most people, it's more about. So a lot of meditation is a very hard thing to do, and it's very hard to not be distracted. And and really, meditation isn't even about not being distracted so much as it's becoming more aware of the things that distract you. Uh-huh. But um, but it definitely makes it so much easier so for example um a a big thing in the meditations that i've done in the guided meditations i'm i'm no expert i've only been meditating for about two years Uh and i don't even do it sometimes i do it on a very regular basis and uh, like recently i haven't been much at all um so so like one of the things that you'll do is you yeah You'll have your eyes closed, you'll take some deep breaths, you'll settle in, and you close your eyes, and, and you listen to the various sounds going on around you and just kind of acknowledge that they're happening, and and then you kind of assess how how your body's feeling. So you kind of slowly scan down your brain, like imagine you're giving yourself a body scan or something, and you just note when certain parts of your body feel good or are, or are a little tense or sore or whatever. And in this, there's not a single, as I'm doing it right now, I can feel like a little tightness in my back um, on, on the right side. And for whatever reason, my, my left um, calf uh, feels like sort of good right now. And my left foot, that's my bad foot, <laughs> is a little bit falling asleep right now. Um, so it's like about uh, becoming, uh, you become more aware when you're actually meditating and yeah. doing that. Slowly. When I was listening to you on your show, talk about it. And you mentioned at one point about like hearing your heartbeat. Yeah. That, that, uh, sort of scares me. Does that make, does that sound odd? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, different things are, are going that to scares me. I'm just not comfortable with like, with the, uh, I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's some... too real. Some like people nothing else going is going to... on. It's just doom, doom, doom. Then I'm thinking about being alive or being dead or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I need to be calmed down when it comes to situations like that. Well, I don't know. I think it'd be worth uh, trying. You can always you can always jump out if if you're not uh, feeling Open the door. it. You know, get me out of here. I mean, I'm I'm sure some people have claustrophobia. Uh, yeah, I don't. And so. everything else, but. Um, but anyway, the point, I, when, when I was floating, you probably, I guess if you listened, you heard me mention this in, in the podcast, I started meditating and I scanned down my body and I couldn't feel a single discomfort That's in my entire body. And, and like I scanned a few times and I couldn't feel, and I, I'm still kind of dealing with an injury and everything and it, it never does that happen. Yeah. Um, and so... So it's just stuff like that that just made it a little easier to settle in and kind of get to this place. And, and the idea with meditation is eventually you kind of get to this place in your head where where your consciousness kind of pulls back and you're rather than kind of experiencing your thoughts and feelings and emotions, you're observing them. Yeah. And and so that's kind of the idea. And and so I. I I felt like it, that helped for me, but again, all this stuff isn't for everybody, yeah. and I'm sure a lot of this stuff sounds, you know, very new agey and crazy mm-hmm. to a lot of people. I mean, I was a huge skeptic of meditation before I, st- I was like, "Well, sit around and do nothing." Yeah. I- the thing that, like, and you said this, and I feel the same way. I haven't gone for years now, but I did start going to um, therapy when I uh, when my first marriage was falling apart, and some for some period after that. Mm-hmm. But and I always thought, like I heard you say, that's for pussies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're you know we're from the Midwest, yeah. It's for and pussies. this is this is not like a very Midwestern thing no. to do. Uh, you bu- you want to bottle those feelings up and never share them with anybody. I don't. And, are you Norwegian? I'm Norwegian. We bottle up better than anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm German and Irish. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I mean, just uh, where are you from? Uh, my family has been mostly in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah mostly in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I mean. From La Crosse, Wisconsin, and outside of it, actually, so it's pretty, yeah. pretty small. Uh, yeah, my parents are both from small towns. Yeah, small town, and, Minnesota. yeah, they're in a bubble, and yeah. and uh, it, you know, when, when everyone knows you and everyone, uh, there's so much small town gossip and everything else. It probably does make sense to you know, be careful about how much you share i suppose with people <laughs> yeah right um your therapist is also the bartender at <laughs> yeah 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 on main so, street <laughs> so you know th- this is it's certainly the way i was raised i right. imagine is similar to how you were raised too but uh and and just the macho horse shit and mm-hmm. everything i mean i i was all about that yeah. i used to get in fights and want to be a tough guy and everything else and you know at you least- get older and it's like Oh God, that was so fucking silly. Mm. Not even just not even just getting older, but just being exposed to more things, yeah. traveling more, ta- meeting more people, and how little frivolous things like that you know yeah. a lot of life really mean. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you about this thing. Uh, this was another thing that popped up when I did a LS when I was looking for stuff about LSD. Um, and this is it was a story that came out just recently about when the CIA ran an LSD sex house in San Francisco. Did you read oh, about that? No. Do you know anything about this? No. You know what? It's silly how little I've actually researched LSD and psychedelics, even though I'm doing this show about <laughs> it. I've done some, but most of it, most of what I do is I apply other aspects of neuroscience and psychology that I've learned to my psychedelic experiences and draw my own conclusion. But that sounds interesting. LSD sex house. I don't, <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I feel like ne- it's a I've movie you should write sex on psychedelics before. And I've had opportunities to, and I just like, oh. wasn't really feeling it. I don't know. It's just, uh, the other person was not, I bet. Or were they? Were they? No, I mean, not not. Were, did they want to? Were they tripping on something? They were tripping on something oh, okay. as well. It okay. just seems like. Uh, I mean, I'm sure if I would have been like, "Hey, we should go and have sex right now," um, I could have. But it just. Uh, I already think sex is kind of a silly thing. I mean, I love it and still am a sucker for it. But it is. It's goofy. Look at any other animal doing it, and and that's and that's. The <laughs> I love way. to. I, I know, <laughs> but that's the way that it kind of makes me feel when I'm on psychedelics. I'm like, what is? That's weird. Yeah, it's like we're exchanging these fluids for it's messy and <laughs> kind of awkward. There's, and, it's probably a better way to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. But then you hear about a lot of like, 
you know the hippie new agey stuff of like oh just we got should just all be making love all the time yeah and so i don't know but there's, there's a thing in this uh article it says one researcher kept seven subjects junkies enticed by the promise of hard drugs on lsd for 77 straight days and no follow-up was ever done on them 77 wait, straight wait, days say that again yeah uh, this is like a few paragraphs in. The CIA began to fund LSD projects at many institutions, including Columbia, Mount Sinai Hospital. Uh, the informed consent and other moral niceties were dispensed with. Uh, <laughs> then one researcher kept seven subjects, junkies enticed by the promise of hard drugs, on LSD for 77 straight days. And they never needed the hard drugs, huh? Yeah. What, no. did, what did sex have to do with it? They, they, were, all that, they were Because they were luring him into this house to with women to get them to talk to the women. There's another part of the article where a guy was sitting behind a two-way mirror uh, sipping martinis watching these guys on LSD talk to prostitutes. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> that way. I'll send you the yeah, I'll yeah. send you the article. Huh. <laughs> what were they trying to discover? Did it did it say from 1955 to 1965? Yeah. Uh, this building in San Francisco was the site of quote Operation Midnight Climax. A, Why isn't a this top, a movie? Already? A top secret mind control program in which CIA agents used hookers to lure unsuspecting Johns from North Beach bars to what they called the pad, then douse the men with LSD and observe the X-rated goings-on through a two-way mirror while sitting on a portable... Oh, with a two-way mirror that was sitting on a portable toilet. Yeah, they did it. They ended up doing... They they always thought they were going to do like some mind control stuff with psychedelics, and that just did not pan out for them. That's the last thing. You, yeah. you have people stay the fuck away from psychedelics if you're trying to control someone's mind, because psychedelics will make you be like, oh, wait, what? Yeah, right. What's going on? <laughs> they make you question everything. Do you have any type of uh, like consecutive days, or is that a bad idea to ever do any of this type of stuff? Well, I've never done that. Um, I mean, mushrooms you wouldn't be able to because mushrooms... I've tried to take mushrooms like... Uh, to fill a whole to, weekend? To, to, yeah, like two days in a row or whatever. They just don't seem to work. I suppose if you just had more of them, maybe they would. I took mushrooms once, twice in a row, and it was and the, second, the first one was great, and then the second one... Um, it was the same day though. And the second one was, uh, was pretty off. It was my worst trip on mushrooms. It was fine. It, it, whatever. It was short. It was very short, but it was awful. Um, and I did ayahuasca two times in a row, which ended up being, so it was like, so that was like a six hour to do. And then we slept. That's something you drink that, right? Is that yeah, yeah. So DMT is the active ingredient in ayahuasca. It's this tea in Peru. Yes. Um, okay. That they have, and so we slept, and then we woke up the next morning and did ayahuasca again. Um, but but it didn't take really all that well either time for me. Um, at least I didn't get where I thought I was going to go. It wasn't anything like the DMT that I had smoked, where you go to like a different dimension. Or it was more like a mushroom trip. Yeah. And I, I found that to just be kind of long and irritating. I, I well, mostly because it re- really wasn't working for me, so I was kind of frustrated. And uh, but you know, I'll I'll try that again. Um, I I would maybe try to do peyote if it was. They have like these peyote churches in Arizona where it's legal to go and 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 do that. I, I think a few other places as well. I'd maybe be interested in that if it felt like a safe enough place. I mean, I I have a fortunate enough job where I can just take three days off That's to true. lose my mind. Uh-huh. And who would have ever thought you built your career into this, man? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's and even strange. just like what you just said, like, yeah, you know what? And I, so I have three days off. Then I have time to go do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I book a whole week somewhere, and I'm good to go. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, I'm just in a pretty fortunate position. Traveling all over. Yeah. yeah. It is weird and interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't see any point to the doing that. I, although, what I want to do when I have some time, probably the next time I'm back in LA, because I have a little more time, I do want to try microdosing. Um, and that's, I have to do a little more research into how much you should actually be doing and when, but I, I uh, the, the, the gist of it is, is you're taking like, you know a sixth of a hit or oh something. yes i've been hearing about this yes uh it's it's you'll you'll see 
news stories about how you know people in like Silicon Valley, people working for Google and stuff, are are microdosing just to function. Well, it's 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 more of a to spark creativity. So another thing psychedelics does is it kind of it kind of uh, makes you think everything is connected. You draw you you draw. Um, it's not necessarily a good thing or more of a reflection of reality, and probably the opposite. But if you're someone who's creative, um, it does help to be able to draw as many different connections to things yeah. as possible. And, uh, and, and so I think they're taking it to that end. So I was, uh, I was thinking I'd probably try microdosing for like a week or two and just to see what happened and, and come up with another hour. Yeah. See if I come, I mean, if I come up with another hour in two weeks, then I'm going <laughs> to, then I'm going to be microdosing for the rest of my life. Don't but, tell anyone it works though. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't you tell think, my competition my you, secret. You think Louis C.K. works hard with these new hours? Uh, yeah, he's just microdosing. You're going to be doing it every, every six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, Shane Moss has another new hour? I, it, it's fucking amazing, honestly. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> he's never been funnier. This guy's creativity is off the charts. We'll see what happens. You'll have to ask me again next time I'm back. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I didn't get to listen to it, but I, you had a, and I don't know exactly how much you, uh, you've had done with this, but a brain scan. You had a brain scan done at some point. Yeah, it was for my podcast. One of my one of my guests is a neuroscientist who um, studies humor and laughter. Did you learn anything from it? Um, well, I did, but it didn't really. It, so my results were a little bit different than the norm. Um, so a lot of people, it, w- it was basically like I sat in this b- brain scanner and they uh, would show me a picture. Um, uh, y- you know, like, like say, say uh, one of those things or like a meme or something like that, where it's like a funny picture and then you fill in the caption uh-huh. or whatever. It was like that, but there's nothing inherently in the funny in the picture. Um, and so they just got these comedians to try to, because that would screw it up if the picture itself made you laugh. So the idea Mm -hmm. was they'd flash this random thing and you would try to draw a connection and have kind of an aha moment and think of something funny and, and you'd record how funny you thought your thing was or whatever. And, and so they were trying to analyze the creation of the joke. And what they found was with most people that, um, that even before they flash the picture, the more um, uh, the the more pleasure pathways that were active, um, basically, essentially, the the better the person felt, uh, and the more excited the person was before the fla- the flash worked, or the the picture was flashed, um, the more likely they were to create a joke that that they thought was funny or was deemed okay. funny by other people that's more that's really no different than me showing up to do this podcast and if i'm like hyped and into it yeah right really yeah no yeah but apparently my brain just doesn't work like that and so it uh <laughs> it, no? It, no i just tend to uh i just consistently crank not any more or less than oh, anyone okay. just it just doesn't it, it's not mood dependent for me um which made perfect sense when he told me that because i okay. i've written a lot of my best material at at really like kind of the worst some of the worst moments sure. in my life sure sure um and i used to write a lot of like dark stuff and i guess i have a little darker sense of humor as well maybe maybe not as much in my my uh older age i'm not as angry and bitter and everything else as i used to be it'll come but, back yeah oh yeah yeah it'll, it'll be back don't worry just wait when you hit like 50 and 60 it'll, yeah yeah it'll just gotta back. get married and divorced a few times <laughs> exactly what is a um what's the worst uh the worst place someone can be uh to uh to have a trip like what would you tell well, someone to avoid well, you want to avoid. Well, I'm gonna paint with a broad brush here and say that you want to avoid people that aren't tripping. Uh, okay. You you would except maybe have a trip sitter around 
um, to keep an eye on you and make sure it's someone that you're very good friends like with. Like your mom, you mean? Is, right? Someone's uh, mom? Well, probably, you'd probably want someone who's a little more experienced, oh, okay, a little okay. more on the shaman ends of things, although I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sold on the whole idea of shamans. But, um, uh, as someone, as someone that is going to understand what you're going through is going to know how to talk you down. Um, if you, if you start having a hard time is going to be, is not going to give you a hard time when you start sounding like a lunatic. Yeah. And, um, I would say that, uh, staying away from drunk people is a good idea. Um, no parties. Yeah, uh, par- parties, keggers, bars in general um, are, I would say, a bad idea. Uh, mostly because when when um, people people drink, they you know they lose their inhibitions. They start behaving like idiots and assholes sometimes, and sometimes that'll make you lose faith in humanity or you'll be like oh is that what i look like when i'm tripping or when i'm not tripping right. you know when i'm when i'm drinking and um i think that can kind of uh throw you into a funk and funks aren't necessarily bad while tripping i i personally enjoy being in, on psychedelics by myself but i'm not recommending that either i'm more experienced and so i'm not worried about like you know jumping off of a roof or whatever i don't think that actually happens anyway i think that those are wives tales for the most part but but um but uh, i i would say a small group of other friends who who uh especially friends of yours who who you enjoy having like bigger deep philosophical conversations with uh-huh. that will be helpful yeah. some people just aren't into having big deep philosophical conversations and that's fine or if you're not that person then find other people who also aren't and then do um psychedelics with them you know like-minded people uh don't drive um uh, outdoors is good right out- outdoors is really good i think that a lot of times when I'm my most anxious, when I'm tripping, um, I'm usually like, wait a second. Why do you feel this way? And I'll be like, are you inside right now? Oh. Yes, you are. Why don't you go outside? And I'll be like, I don't feel like it. I don't know what's out there. And then I'm like, no, just go outside. It'll be fine. Or I'll feel lazy or whatever. Yeah. As soon as I go outside, I always feel a lot better. So that that being said, ideally you'd want some decent weather, maybe not raining or snowing or whatever. Um, I hate being cold when I'm tripping. Um, and uh, music seems to help. Um, and... I, I I mean I personally like Pink Floyd and that that sort of stuff obviously <laughs> yeah um if that's not your tea pro- a cup of tea probably whatever music you're into will yeah. be fine I I would have a hard time listening to pop music if I was tripping personally but who knows dig like, into the Beatles yeah 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 that's solid yeah um I it's funny I just I was uh, going through all the some shit in my uh in my man cave at home and I had some papers sitting out. One of them was from the last time that we did a podcast and I never, and I actually had written down a couple of things to ask you about like DMT and that stuff. And we never even got to mm-hmm. it. And one of the things I wrote down there was the, uh, the pictures that I see like these, not that I see because I've never taken it, but I'm saying that, uh, the, that are posted online of these DMT, like this, just, you know what I'm describing. Do a better job of describing this than I am. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, people that do DMT that are talented artists and um especially they'll do um the uh um digital like kind of visual art stuff uh like like the kind of stuff that makes pixar um yeah and and they'll and and there's various like fractal programs um that that you can get or or like make your own sacred geometry programs or whatever that you can get so so they're trying to replicate um some of the experiences from their dmt trips and i think that that's a difficult task and i've definitely seen a lot of art that is 
very close and some spot on to things that I've seen. Really? And then a lot of it where it's like, oh, I, I get that. I mean, everyone's brain's a little differently, so maybe it is a perfect representation of what they're seeing. But to me, it's like, oh, that's that's more of like a metaphor for for what I saw. It's, it's not it. Um, and it's also different when it's, you know, three-dimensional and and it kind of, it kind of surrounds you. I mean, it's, the visions are, sometimes it's like watching a movie or something like that, but Is other that times, many colors? Like just these oh, vibrant. Yeah. Way more colors than, yeah. than, than, <laughs> Look than that our, smile on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way more colors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> way more colors than are makeable. Um, wow. it, it would seem. And it also seems to, when you're really, when you have a real strong one, it seems to kind of engulf you. The whole scene seems to like wrap around your head and like become you and you are it. And it sure. is you. And so it, not really just a, eight by ten picture yeah yeah so but you know there's only so much you can do um to make a picture for the internet but yeah i I think that if you were to google dmt images uh that is that's uh, that's no lie that is uh pretty similar stuff okay the things that you'll see the trick is having enough DMT. Uh, unlike your stereotypical drug you want to smoke as much of it as you possibly can because there's like a moment at which that you break through um, and get to this other place. But before that time, um, it can just be kind of scary and it will seem like you had too much and it will seem like a really hard mushroom trip. Okay. And, but you're still kind of here. And uh, that doesn't and, sound pleasant. <laughs> and a lot of times, yeah, you got you to power through that. And so you really have to like focus and keep on smoking as much as you possibly can, uh, which sounds like awful advice. But <laughs> there, there's just a certain point where you just simply will not be able to smoke anymore. Oh, okay. You, I've tried. Um, and you Damn just, it, you've tried. <laughs> you can't see anything anymore. You can't, you know, you're just gone. You'll just forget. You yeah. just go away. You go somewhere else. So. Wow. When you're on the stage tonight, looking out at this uh, crowd, yeah, if the lights are right, will you will you be able to tell which people, like in the first, let's say, five rows, are tripping on something? Well, um, depends on uh, how many dreads I see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think that I would be able to tell from a person's uh, up close. I can after the show, I can tell from people's pupils usually. Yeah. Um, but, um, maybe, I mean, if, if people get like real swept up in some of my ideas, maybe that might be an indicator too, or if people are like, wow, (laughs) yeah, it must be different. Like, uh, uh, you know, there's. There's jerks at a comedy show, you know, like, let's say like a nine 30, it's the drunk asshole in the back. Now, hopefully, probably those people aren't showing up tonight. It's Shane Moss fans that are coming to see what you're doing with this show. Yeah. Now there could be happen for the show. Yeah. But there could be the, um, like, I guess maybe you, you already said it, like you, they get so caught up and then all of a sudden a comment comes out like really when there's not one necessary. Yeah. I mean, this show has actually just been some of the most well-behaved, enthusiastic audiences that I've ever had. And it's, they're like they're typically and you know what surprises me they're typically big drinkers actually oh, okay. they typically usually the staff afterwards t- good news tell for me that they had had a, a lot to drink and that they were good generous tippers nice. as well and uh but very rarely i had a couple get out of control i had to kick them out i felt so bad too because they didn't mean anything. They were just too drunk and they oh. couldn't understand what was going on anymore. Yeah. They drank a lot before they showed up, but it was like this dude, they talked to me before the show and this dude, it was like his Valentine's day present to his lady and stuff. And then I had to kick him out. Oh, I felt, hey, I he, felt so bad. Yeah, he blew it. That's on him. Not yeah. That's on, <laughs> on him. It was, it was, yeah, it was unfortunate, but, uh, that's, that's, I mean, with this show, that's never been a problem. The, the The problem in the beginning was figuring out how to market this show, figuring out how to find people. Um, I think there's like 190 tickets already sold tonight or something like that. 180, 190. And um, 
who knows what the actual turnout will be in the beginning it was like 15 people 20 people really and that unless it was like uh and so i didn't know how to find people um and i just figured it out through uh targeting people with like facebook ads and that sort of thing and it's been showing up on mine a lot yeah i figured the target somewhere Yeah. yeah and and so um that was a lot of trial and error and i didn't i didn't really do that stuff in the beginning and so in the beginning it was a lot of small little indie venues and it was a lot of me performing in cities that I had never been to, or, you know, might be like Gainesville, Florida or something like that, which especially isn't really known as a psychedelic community or yeah. anything. And, and, and a lot would depend on how established the show was and how much marketing the person running the show did to yeah. get people out. And so, so it was such varying degrees of success because it was all on them. If they had this good, successful, show regularly it would be a good successful show if they were new and didn't quite know what they were doing it would be a small audience but the nice thing was was the show still did pretty well with small audiences and they were always really enthusiastic and well behaved so is there a uh you know at some point do you well let me ask it this way how much longer are you going to be doing this show do you have it set for well i want to do a special okay so you do all right i would love to put i mean it's just the wheels turn slowly on, on stuff like that. I'm in talks with people right now. And, uh, I mean, I believe in it. I think that uh, it's the best show that I've ever put together. And I think that if if no one ends up making this a special, I think that they're fools. <laughs> um, and, and then I'll make an album that'll be really successful and then they'll be like oh we should make that into a special and i'll be like ah you assholes <laughs> um where were but, you but i might be wrong I, I i don't know it might not it might not have uh any uh, might not be a successful thing i just think that it will be i've never seen a response like this to any show that i've done and and you know it's a it's a niche thing it's unique it's different and you know so anyone that has any uh, even the faintest of interest in psychedelics would probably check it out yeah and so um so you know and then um the idea is that i'd be done with it and move on to the night i like doing theme things yeah. and so my big I'd break move on to yeah i did my big break i did mating season um before that um and so hopefully uh yeah i, I would like to do a special sometime maybe later this year or as soon as possible really which i would think would hopefully be later later this year is probably as soon as it'll get made so i'll be running it all through that time and then i mean it's just starting to it's starting to gain traction now you know so like getting 180 or 90 people in here on a tuesday night is is pretty good that, yeah that means it's coming along yeah, and that's so, no that's no giveaway tickets. That's people paying for that's, your tickets. Yeah, yeah, that's every single person is mm-hmm. is is paying. There's yeah, that's no, good. Yeah, and so um, so that's I mean I I might I probably until the special actually comes out, even after I will have recorded it, I'll probably um, do it. I I have some other ideas of like what I'd really like to do if if it if if i have enough successful evenings like this at, at big clubs where and i can prove that i can get people in to see it and have clubs take more of a chance on it because clubs get nervous about it too they're nervous about like drawing attention from police or you know whatever it might be and and they don't know i had a club owner be like so what are you gonna shoot heroin or something i'm like what why would you and he already booked me i'm like why you booked me and you thought I yeah was gonna it's a shoot tuesday what's the problem before the show <laughs> like who's the crazy one here so uh, so you know there there's a little bit of that that i have to get over and what i'd like to do is um is do my show like like say tonight i did my show and then i'd be like all right guys we're all gonna have a 15 minute intermission now and then you all can leave if you want to it's a school night i get it and i hope you enjoyed yourself anyone that wants to come back I'm just going to stand up here and talk about like all my DMT trips and all of the science ideas that I have about them. And it's not going to be funny. 
It's just going to be interesting. That would be very, yeah, that's a great idea. And, and, you know, even if only like 40, you know, or even if like a quarter of the audience stuck around or whatever, I think think it'd be really fun. Um, Whether I can get clubs to commit to that. And I, I'm not at a place that I can commit to that yet because this show's still pretty new and I'm still figuring out the marketing. I think something like that would be fun to do. It's also a little self-indulgent, and I don't want to get into like spoken word too much and whatnot. But, but, uh, but I think it'd, it'd be fun. I just want to keep on trying out different things, yeah. you know, with my career, and uh, and I definitely don't want to like become known as the psychedelic guy or anything like that. I want to move on and right. talk about other subjects. And and really, this this whole show is has proven to just be an interesting way to talk about bigger ideas and and um, and fit a lot more science into my act like i have i have jokes that are just science jokes that were like hit or miss in my regular act sometimes they do really well in a regular club and then it'd be just too much thinking or whatever for some drunk audiences (laughs) and so i just put them into my psychedelic show they didn't originally have anything to do with psychedelics and but this this audience is so enthusiastic and so receptive and so i mean psychedelic crowds like into like bigger deeper ideas anyway yeah yeah and so it's proven to be uh kind of a welcoming environment for to go a little deeper with things so so hopefully eventually i would just be able to explore bigger ideas that i have in general awesome awesome and then uh when all that's done we'll go back and do that movie about the sex room yeah (laughs) i mean well it's gonna it's gonna be too late because (laughs) someone listening to this right now is gonna have the sense to write that script and and pitch it before i get around to you or i get around to doing operation that, so. midnight climax <laughs> <laughs> part two continued operation midnight climax <laughs> i mean it's all there i know i know uh shane i gotta uh i gotta head out of here i gotta go make money uh some other place yeah yeah this. so gotta make that money I, we we all gotta go make some money i wish i could stick around and see the show tonight oh, uh, no people problem, are gonna man. have an awesome time um maybe i'll uh maybe when I, you know i was just swinging through because of my brother's wedding but maybe i'll you know considering tonight's already looking to be successful maybe i'll do it again on like a to, uh, when I book a full week here, oh, maybe, there you go. Maybe I'll do it again yeah. on like a Tuesday or something like Brilliant. that. Brilliant, brilliant. See what happens. I'll uh, I'll keep the rest of my calendar open for this, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. just in case. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every Tuesday, all right. <laughs> well, at least then you'll have enough notice ahead of time so you can quit all of your jobs and <laughs> yes. and you know figure out what you if you need to. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, put your children up for adoption or whatever you got to do to get in here to watch. You know, show. it may be years from now and I could have them give me a ride. Be driving by <laughs> yeah, <then>. Who yeah. <laughs> knows? <laughs> Shane, this has been great as always. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.